Hello, my friends. Welcome to Learning About the Lord. This is Nikki. Today we will be reading from Maria Valtorta's Poem of the Man God, Volume 1, and we'll continue from where we left off in Episode 55, where Jesus has returned to Nazareth. He's tired. He's disheartened. He's come to his mother for some succor, some sustenance of the spirit and has slept and now it's the next morning the virgin mary is preparing breakfast very early and mary of alpheus her neighbor and the sister-in-law of joseph mary's husband and the mother of jesus's two of his apostles uh, comes over to help her prepare the food and jesus enters the kitchen very quietly and he says may peace be on this day of yours and the two women are startled to hear his voice and his mother says, Are you up already? I wanted you to sleep. I watched you sleeping last night. I always did so when you were a baby. You always smiled in your sleep, and that smile of yours remained all day long in my heart like a pearl. But last night, son, you were not smiling. You kept sighing as one who was afflicted. Mary, who is sore at heart, stares at him. And Jesus answers, I was tired, mother. The world is not like this house, where everything is honesty and love. You know who I am, and can thus understand what it is for me to be in touch with the world. It is like walking along a foul, muddy road. Even if a man is careful, he will get splashed with mud, and the stench will penetrate him. Even if he endeavors not to breathe, and if he is a man who loves cleanliness and pure air, you can imagine how troublesome it is. Yes, son, says Mary, I understand, but it grieves me that you should suffer. And Jesus says, Now I am with you and I do not suffer. There is only the memory, but it serves to increase the joy of being with you. And Jesus bends down to kiss his mother. Mary tells Jesus that Simon Peter arrives every week to bring her fresh fish that he has caught in the night and that he will be coming that day. And Jesus says he's going to introduce her to some of his other apostles as well. And they arrive. And Jesus says, Mother, here are my friends. Come on in. The shepherds and apostles and disciples go in all together. Jesus is holding by their shoulders the two shepherds, and he leads them towards his mother. Here are two sons looking for a mother. Be their joy, woman. You are welcome, says Mary. You? Levi? You? I do not know, but according to your age, as he told me, you must be Joseph. That name is sweet and sacred in this house. Come, come, it is with joy that I say to you, my house welcomes you, and a mother embraces you in remembrance of the love you in your father had for my child. The shepherds seem spellbound. They are so enraptured. Yes, she says, I am Mary. You saw the happy mother. I am still the same. Also now I am happy seeing my son among faithful hearts. And Jesus introduces Simon Zelot. And she says to him, You deserved the grace because you are good. I know, and may the grace of God be always with you. Simon, who was more experienced in the customs of the world, bows down to the ground, his arms crossed over his chest, and he says, I salute you, true mother of grace, and now that I have met both the light and you, who are more gentle than the moon, 
I will not ask the Eternal Father for anything else. And this is Judas of Kerioth, says Jesus, introducing Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot says, I have a mother, but my love for her fades away compared to the veneration I feel for you. No, says Mary, not for me, for him, my son. I am only because he is. I want nothing for myself. I only ask for him. I know how you honored my son in your town, but I say to you, let your heart be the place where he receives the highest honor from you. Then I will bless you with a motherly heart. And Judas Iscariot says, My heart is under the heel of your son, a happy oppression. Only death will undo my loyalty. And this is our John mother, says Jesus. I have not been worried ever since I knew you were with my Jesus, says Mary. I know you, and my mind is at peace when I know that you are with my son. I bless you, my peace, and she gives him a kiss. Then Peter's harsh voice is heard from outside. Here is poor Simon Peter bringing his greetings, and he comes in and is dumbfounded. He then throws onto the floor the round basket which was hanging from his shoulder, and he throws himself on his knees, saying, Ah, eternal Lord, no, you should not have done that to me, Master. You were here, and you did not let poor Simon Peter know. May God bless you, Master. How happy I am. I could not bear to be without you any longer. And he caresses Jesus' hand without listening to him, who keeps repeating, Get up, Simon. Will you get up? Yes, I will get up, but, hey, you boy, Peter says to John, at least you could have come to tell me. Now run, quick, go to Capernaum and tell the others. And Judah's household, first of all, your son is about to arrive, woman, he says to Mary of Alpheus. Be quick, just imagine that you are a hare chased by dogs, he tells John. John leaves laughing. Peter has got up at last. He is still holding Jesus' thin hand in his short, thick-set ones, marked by swollen veins, and he kisses it without letting it go, although he appears to be anxious to hand over the fish, which is in the basket on the floor. Oh, no, I don't want you to go away again without me. Never again, never again, such a long time without seeing you. I will follow you as a shadow follows a body, and the rope follows the anchor. Where have you been, Master? I kept wondering, oh, where will he be? What will he be doing? And will that boy, John, be able to look after him? Will he make sure that Jesus does not get too tired, that he is not left without food? I know you. You have lost weight. Yes, you have. He did not take proper care of you. I will tell him that. But where have you been, Master? You are not telling me anything. And Jesus says, I am waiting for you to give me a chance to say one word. It's true, says Peter, but, oh, to see you is like having a new wine. It goes to your head just with its smell. Oh, my Jesus, Peter is almost in tears out of joy. I also missed you, says Jesus. I missed you all, although I was with dear friends. Here, Peter, these two men have loved me since I was a newborn baby and he introduces Peter to the shepherds. Even more they have suffered because of me. Here is a son who lost his father and a mother on account of me, but now he has so many brothers in you all, has he not? Of course, master, says Peter, if by chance the devil should love you, 
I would love him because he loves you. I see that you are poor too, so we are all equal, he says to the disciples, the shepherds. Come here that I may kiss you. I am a fisherman, but my heart is more tender than a dove's, and it is sincere. Don't pay attention if I am rough. I am hard outside. Inside I am all butter and honey, but with good people, yes, because with evil ones. And this is the new disciple, says Jesus. I think I have already met him, says Simon Peter. Yes, says Jesus, he is Judas of Kerioth, and your Jesus was made welcome in that town because of him. I ask you to love each other, even if you are from different regions. You are all brothers in the Lord. And I will treat him as such, says Peter, if he will be such. Ah, yes. Peter stares at Judas, a frank warning glance. Yes, I may as well say so, so that you will understand me at once and properly. I will tell you, I do not think much of Judeans in general, and of the citizens of Jerusalem in particular. But I am honest, and upon my honesty I can assure you that I will put aside all the ideas I have of you, and that I want to see in you only a brother disciple. It is up to you now not to make me change my mind and my decision. And Simon Zelot says, Have you such preconceived ideas, Simon Peter, also with regard to me? And Peter says, Oh, I had not seen you. With regard to you? Oh, no. Honesty is painted on your face. Goodness comes from your heart, like sweet-smelling oil from a porous vase. And you are an elderly man, which is not always a merit. Sometimes the older one gets, the more false and worse one becomes. But you are one of those who behave like vintage wines. The older they get, the better and purer they become. And Jesus says, You have judged correctly, Peter. Now come. While the women are working for us, let us stop under the cool bower. How lovely it is to be with friends again. We will then go all together through Galilee and farther. Well, not all. Now that Levi is satisfied, he will go back to Elias to tell him that Mary sends him her greetings. Is that all right, mother? And Mary says, I bless him as well as Isaac and the others. My son has promised to take me along with him, and I will come to you, the first friends of my child. So we see a little bit here uh, of Peter's character, how he's very forthright, very direct, yeah, his love for Jesus is pure and true and faithful and strong. And his assessment of those who are around Jesus is very accurate. He's a little bit judgmental of Judas Iscariot, but he tells him, Look, I put aside my preconceived judgments of your type of people, and I will see you only as you are, as your character shows yourself to be. And unless you prove me wrong, I will try to think the best of you. And he assesses each of them, and he's pretty accurate in his assessment. His honesty and his intuition tells him what these people are really like at heart. So now we will continue. Jesus is in Nazareth at his house, and he is with Peter, Andrew, John, James, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Judas Thaddeus, his cousin, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. And James is also his cousin. And he's also with the shepherd, Joseph. 
And they stop in the neighborhood under the thick olive trees. And Jesus begins to speak. He says, Come around me. During these months of presence and absence, I have weighed you up and studied you. I have known you, and I have known the world with the experience of a man. Now I have decided to send you into the world. But before, I must teach you to make you capable of facing the world with the kindness and wisdom, the calm and perseverance, the conscience and science necessary for your mission. This period of excessive heat, which makes any long journey through Palestine impossible, will be used by me for your education and formation as disciples. Like a musician, I have heard what is dissonant in you, and I will now tune you to the celestial harmony you must convey to the world in my name. I am keeping this son, and he points at Joseph, because I will delegate to him the task of referring my words to his companions, so that also there an efficient group may be formed. That will announce me not by simply stating that I exist, but by explaining the most essential features of my doctrine. So don't forget that Joseph lives amongst the shepherds, and he's going to go back to them, and they form a group of disciples who continue to preach for Jesus. First of all, I will tell you that it is absolutely necessary for you to love one another and be united. Who are you? Men of every social condition, of different age, from everywhere. I prefer to choose those who are not indoctrinated because I will more easily instill them into my doctrine, and also because as you are destined to evangelize those who are in complete ignorance of the true God, I want them not to disregard their previous ignorance of God when they remember it and to teach them with charity, remembering with how much charity I taught them. So Jesus is saying, I chose you who know nothing to go out into the world and teach others who know nothing. And you will remember what it was like to have known nothing and to be taught by me. So you will know patience and kindness and the time and effort that it takes to convert souls and minds to the true life in God. And he's telling them, you will go out and this will be your lifestyle to go out and teach the rest of the world as I am teaching you now. And Jesus continues, you may object and think, we are not heathens, even if we are not intellectually cultured. No, you are not. However, not only you, but also those among you who represent the learned and the rich people are involved in a religion which has only the name of religion, as its nature has been perverted by too many factors. I tell you that there are many who boast of being children of the law, but eight out of ten of them are but idolaters who have confused the true, holy, eternal law of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the haze of a thousand petty human religions. Therefore, looking at one another, both you humble fishermen without culture and you merchants or sons of merchants and you officials or sons of officials and you wealthy people or sons of wealthy people, you must say, we are all equal. We have all the same faults 
and we all need the same teaching. Since we are brothers in our personal or national faults, from now on we must become brothers in the knowledge of the truth and in our efforts in practicing it. Exactly as brothers, I want you to call and to consider one another as such. You are like one family. When does a family thrive and when does the world admire it? When its members are united and of the same mind. If one son becomes the enemy of the other, if one brother harms another, is it possible for the prosperity of that family to last long? No. In vain the father of the family strives to work, to smooth down difficulties, to impose himself on the world. His efforts are not successful, because the wealth of the family falls to pieces, their difficulties increase, the world laughs at their perpetual quarrels by which hearts and possessions which united were powerful against the world, but are now broken into small knots of tiny opposite interests, and the enemies of the family take more and more advantage of them to hasten their ruin. You must never be like that. Be united. Love one another. You must love one another to help one another. So Jesus is talking about the importance of the apostles and disciples in being completely of the same mind, of the same religion, of the same doctrine, of the same methods. He does not want internal strife because he says it will break apart the new family, the Christian family, the Christianization of the world. He needs it to be united and at peace with each other and helpful to each other and in seeing each other as all equal, all the same, except of course they will all be under the guidance of Peter. Look, says Jesus, also what surrounds us teaches us this great strength of unity. Look at this army of ants running all to the same place. Let us follow them. We will discover the reason of their sensible rushing to one spot. Here it is. This little sister of theirs has discovered a great treasure under this large wild chicory leaf. It is a bread crumb. How could she trail to the hole by herself this treasure, which is a thousand times her size? She has called a sister and said to her, Look, go quickly, and tell our sisters that there is food here for the whole tribe, and for many days. Go before a bird discovers this treasure, and calls his mates, and they devour it. And the little ant ran, until she reached the ant hill, and she said, Come, one of us is calling you. She found enough for us all, but she cannot bring it here by herself. Come. And all the ants ran, also the ones who had already been tired because of a hard day's work. One, ten, a hundred, a thousand, look! They grasp the crumb with their jaws, they lift it, supporting it with their bodies, and they trail it, pushing their tiny feet on the ground. This one has fallen, that one there is almost crippled, and this one is stopping, exhausted, but having caught her breath, she is starting again. Oh, how united they are! Look, now the breadcrumb has been completely embraced by them, and it is moving very slowly, but it is moving. 
Let us follow it a little more, little sisters, still a little more, and your efforts will be rewarded. They are exhausted, but they do not give up. They rest and start again. Now they are reaching the ant nest, and now, look, they work to break the big crumb into little bits. Look how they work. Some cut bits off, some carry them away. Now it is all finished. Now it is all safely stored, and they happily disappear into the crevices, down along the tunnels. They are ants, nothing but ants, and yet they are strong because they are united. Meditate on that. So I thank you for joining me for today's lesson. We saw how the Lord brought together more people, more people, more disciples, more apostles, and how he gently teaches them, and also how he asks them all to accept each other, to work together, to be united, and to go out into the world eventually and carry his message of Christianization, of Christianity, out into the world, not only by their words, but by their deeds. I bless you. I ask God to bless you. Go with God.